I noticed probably somewhere around 50 to 60 feet away this object that moved out from behind the tree. And it was standing there looking at me. And I was standing there looking at it in total shock. The creature was probably somewhere in the neighborhood of seven to eight feet tall, covered in hair, head to toe. This is the Crypto Creatures Podcast. I am Brian, and with me as always is my co-host Todd. Man, what's going on, buddy? Hello, Brian. Hello, listeners. Brian, you ready for another Bigfoot encounter tonight? Because we got one coming yeah. on. Always ready for a Bigfoot encounter. Gotta love the Bigfoot encounters, man. They happen That's a right. lot out there. So uh, That's right. More and more, it seems, lately. I know. I know. And we like that. We do like that. Yes, Bring them on. Absolutely. Scott's coming on tonight to talk about his Bigfoot encounter he had, I believe, when he was younger child maybe yeah. so up yeah. in michigan again in michigan Michigan again not far from where we are so that's interesting continuously talk about going squatching and we've got it right up north of us there we just need to just get yeah. up there and do it we keep yeah, talking about a couple this. hours of us yep. we need to set up an expedition maybe some of our listeners will go with us we can yeah, have a meeting absolutely. place and then we can just mm-hmm. pick an area and go we should set that up yeah well we'll see yeah we'll absolutely do that I mean, we got Val and yeah. a bunch of them up there. Yeah, we should do that. We'll check it out. Anyway, let's yep. not waste any more time. Let's bring Scott on to hear about his Bigfoot encounters. Yep, let's get him. Scott, thanks for coming on the show and talking to us tonight. Thanks for having me, guys. Scott, you you live up there in Michigan, right? Yeah, I'm in uh, northwest lower Michigan, as they uh, commonly refer to it as. So you had an encounter. When was this encounter? Well, the best of my recollection, uh, it was a lot of years ago. I was a kid back in the 70s. So I'm going to guess it was somewhere around 1978 or 1979, somewhere right in there. Okay. Why don't you tell us what happened? Well, the first encounter that I had had um, as a child um, on the property that we grew up on was an old farmhouse and uh, a lot of uh, adjacent land to it, um, a creek um, basically adjacent to the property, running through the property. Uh, the first encounter I had, I was with several other children. Uh, could have been cousins, brother. Uh, there was a lot of uh, neighbor kids that we hung out with back then. And we were down on a footpath that we traveled quite regularly. That was kind of our vast playground, so to speak. And I stepped off the path momentarily. And it was a real common thing that we did then as kids. Uh, if we had to go to the bathroom or something like that, we'd just step off in the bushes and do our thing, come back. And uh, while I was stepped off the path and away from the other kids, um, I was relieving myself, I guess you could say. And I noticed probably somewhere around 50 to 60 feet away, um, this object that moved out from behind the tree, and which actually was more of a broke off big, large stump that was a tall stump. Um, I don't know if it was hit by lightning or something of that nature, but um, I recognized something moving and it caught my attention and it was standing there looking at me and I was standing there looking at it in total shock and, you know, quite feared at the, at the second, at the moment of what was going on. And, 
the nearest I could figure, according to what I was told and with the description that I gave to my father and some others at that time, um, was what they called Bigfoot. All right. So can you describe uh, what you saw, what it, what he looked like? Yeah, the creature was probably somewhere, in the best of my recollection, the creature was probably somewhere in the neighborhood of seven to eight feet tall. Uh, it was covered in hair, head to toe, um, very muscular, very built, per se. Um, had a, quite a cone-shaped head, um, real dark eyes. It, it stood there looking at me. Um, it just kind of blinked its eyes nonchalantly, momentarily, a couple times that I'd noticed and from my recollection. Um, it really, really uh, shocked me and caught me off guard. And I remember kind of just standing there frozen and turned around, run, and said, oh, my gosh, a monster, Bigfoot, or whatever they want to call it. You know, stuff that I heard these things being called. And I took off running, and I was looking over my shoulder a couple times, and the other kids were following me running, and I remembered seeing it uh, going across the creek that was adjacent to us and nearby right there in that area. And I also could hear it splashing in the water, um, which, you know, was also verification that was in the creek or going across the creek, and then it disappeared. So what did you do after that? Did you guys head home and tell anybody or did anyone? Yeah, I did. Uh, you know, I ran, I ran directly to, to the house, which wasn't too far away. I want to say maybe, you know, maybe a hundred, 150 yards away. Um, I ran to the house and had run in the house and my dad and some other guys were around there at the time. I think maybe uh, having coffee or, or maybe having a beer and socializing, hanging out, that kind of thing. Maybe a couple uncles too, uh, some of his friends. And I was, you know, quite frantic and upset with what I had just saw. And I just couldn't figure out exactly what it was that I saw at that age. But I was all pretty wound up and hysterical. And uh, my dad and, and some friends and a couple, maybe a couple uncles or whoever else was there, there was quite a few people there. Um, they had gotten some guns out of his gun room, loaded up some guns and went down to look for it. Um, us kids really weren't allowed to go down directly with them but we kind of trailed somewhat shortly behind them as they were scouting around trying to figure out what was going on and, and what we had saw or what I had saw. And nobody else saw that that was with you? No, to the, the best of my recollection, I was, I was the only one that had saw it. Okay. So if your uh, dad and uncle grabbed guns and went down there, obviously they thought you saw something. Yeah, yeah, my dad was the only one that really, really believed, you know, that I saw something. Um, and there's, you know, a little bit of history behind that, too. But uh, they went down scouting around. Uh, they noticed some limbs and branches that were broke off that were relatively high. Uh, but those kids couldn't have reached, um, like in the pin cherry trees and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, his, his explanation for it immediately, and my dad was quite into that kind of stuff. Um, which I never really paid much attention to as a kid, but my dad was adamant that what I saw had to have been what, what he knew it to be a Bigfoot. Hmm, interesting. That leads me to believe that your dad has seen something like that too back at some point. Yeah, my dad originally grew up in the Upper Peninsula in the UP, as we, we refer to it as. Hmm. Uh, he was originally um, born in Whitefish Point, and then grew up in like the uh, Strong's Ackerman Trout Lake area, and uh, as a even as a young kid in the seventies, my father used to um, talk occasionally about some of his experiences. But he didn't 
always talk around a lot of people about it, but he'd, he'd mention it to us kids once in a while and stuff when we were sitting down visiting or something like that and uh, kind of telling stories and, you know, in the evening and talking about his life and things like that. So uh, he was quite the, he was quite the believer of it, even though it never really caught my attention that much as a kid per se. Um, mm-hmm. But he had, uh, he had also talked about some of that stuff later on and that he had run into some things as a kid and that a lot of people didn't believe him, but there was people that did, but very few. Um, so, you know, yeah, he had some history with it apparently that as a young child, I really wasn't aware of or well acclimated with, but he did speak on it on the topic once in a while and bring it up, you know? Cool. Did you feel like this thing was wanted to harm you? Did you feel fear from it that way? Did it did it look at you with that kind of intent? No, I wouldn't say that it, it made any attempt to try to harm me, but I was so scared because of its size and being covered in hair. Um, kind of looking back on this, and it's it's just overall size because if a, an average six foot man was to stand next to this, um, they would be dwarfed literally next to it in, in overall size weight. Uh, any category that you could try to put it into, it totally caught me off guard. And with its size, I, I just, after being froze, I don't know, for maybe several seconds or maybe 15, 20 seconds, I it just, it, it just put fear in me. I could probably do mostly to its size and I couldn't really put it in a box of what it was, so to speak. But mm-hmm. overall, it just, as a little kid, you know, maybe eight, nine years old, it just, was huge in comparison to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say, even as a kid, because, you know, if he's big for an adult, that's huge when you're a little kid, you know? Oh, extremely huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So overall, Scott, how far away were you, was this creature from your house or the closest house to where you guys were playing? Well, from our, our residence, it was probably somewhere in a ballpark of 150 yards. What do you think he was doing not that far? You know, I'm really not sure what, what the creature was doing. Um, I don't know if it was just a passing through and spotted us and was kind of like hiding behind this big, tall stump, as I would call it, uh, and just examining us or waiting for us to leave the area before it continued on with whatever it was doing. I, I've tried to run that through my mind a lot of times since that's happened. The only thing I could ever come up with is that it maybe spotted us. So it just kind of took its position, um, being a creature of nature or whatever, and just didn't expose itself right away and kind of stayed hidden. But I think it maybe at one point, with me being so close to it, being in the bushes, uh, relieving myself, that it was curious of me. That's the only things I can kind of really come up with. Right. And that's the reports that we've gotten that Bigfoot is more, more curious or more attracted to children and kids playing for some reason. Yeah, that's, that's been some of the, from the homework that I have done, I'm not going to say I'm a a researcher or anything like that, but um, I've always been intrigued by that ever since. And uh, with anything I've ever done homework, uh, in relations to that subject or this subject with Bigfoot Sasquatch, the only thing I could come up with is it was just really curious and mm-hmm. it, it it was just in the area for whatever reason, um, creature of nature. 
but it was there and it was just curious about us and it was just like watching us, you know? Yeah. Did it look more human-like or more ape-like? Well, it, I would say that's definitely a cross between the two from my perspective, in my opinion, but it had very much, very much uh, human-like resemblance in physique and its build, its legs, its arms, its chest, even though the chest and all that was just enormous. But that would be one way that I would classify it as a direct cross between a human and maybe an, an ape or something of that nature of an ape. And you said you were about 50, 60 feet away when you saw this thing? I'm going to guess that approximately, you know, trying to run that back through my mind, that I was in the ballpark of 50 to 60 feet from it when I discovered it. Did you notice any smell? I did not. I did not notice any smell, no. So you guys turned around, took off running, your friends saw you running, obviously saw you panicked, and you guys went back. You never saw the creature again. He just went on his way and no more evidence of him prior to that or anything? I remember looking over my shoulder a couple of times as I was running because I didn't, didn't know if it was coming towards me or coming after me or what exactly it was doing, but it was just kind of a snap of the neck looking as I was running. And I remember it uh, heading towards the creek and you could see the muscles in the legs, the back, um, the arms, all of that type of stuff. You could see all of that mo as it was moving, that it was genuine and that it was a creature. Um, because when you see the, the, the movement of the legs and the arm, the back, that, that kind of stuff, and from a side position, and when you can see the actual muscles moving, like kind of like when you would see an ape or a monkey that's moving around in a tree or in the mm -hmm. bushes or jumping up and down, you can see the actual muscles moving, even though it's covered in hair, which would be the same effect. Right. So you said you had another encounter too? I did. Back at that time, I had had a total of four encounters, um, and I don't know that they were all the exact same creature or a different one. I believe at least two of them were two different creatures. All right. Well, what, what else happened? Uh, we used to play uh, hide-and-go-seek as kids back in the 70s, and a lot of us kids would go out in pairs, and sometimes we'd be by ourselves. And I remember uh, being down in that same general vicinity one night, and a bunch of us kids were playing hide-and-go-seek. And I was kind of scouting around by myself. We weren't in pairs at that point. And I was looking around in the dark, and it was quite a moonlit night. And I was looking around in the dark, and I was looking for other kids and kind of, you know, yelling out to them, but not in a real loud, loud manner. But, you know, hey, where's everybody at? Or they're waiting for anybody to, you know, maybe snap a twig or something in the dark, you know, that would indicate where they're at. And um, all of a sudden, I had heard a noise a little bit to my right, almost in front of me, and I turned and was looking toward the creek, and all of a sudden I seen this silhouette of the same creature that I'd seen before, but it was in the dark and it was in the moonlight, and you could see a complete silhouette of this creature standing there, and at that time, I would say that creature probably wasn't more than probably 20 feet in front of me, at the most, maybe even 15. So what'd you do? Well, again, I just kind of frozen fear because this thing's standing there right in front of me uh, in the moonlight and you can see the outline of it completely and uh, I just remained standing there as a kid kind of froze uh, like in disbelief of what I was seeing 
but I remember they kind of making a, a muffled sound a couple times, and then it turned around and ran across the creek, and I could hear it splashing in the creek again, just like I had experienced before. And I took off running. I, I mean, I just took off in fear because I, I just couldn't believe that here it was again, you know. Do you think it was the same one you saw before? I'm not really positive, but I would have to place it in the same size category and weight category as the first one. But, you know, in the moonlit night, it's really hard to tell for sure. How far away from the area where you saw the first one was the area you saw this one? Almost right to the T of where I'd seen the, the first one the first time in the daylight. I mean, right, we probably couldn't have been more than 15, 20 feet from where I had seen that other one previously before that. And do you know how much time frame between these sightings there was? Ooh, let me think about that for a second. I would say probably, probably not more than a week or two. If I had to guess off the top of my head, it was very close proximity of time to when the uh, first sighting encounter had taken place. Was this a uh, summer, fall, spring it would all, all of my sightings and events that took place during that time frame would have been approximately in a three to six month period. But this was all like basically during the summer months, uh, nice weather out. Uh, we didn't have any jackets on. There wasn't any snow. It wasn't any snow on the ground and like that. Uh, so it was, it was basically more of a summer sighting from what I can recall. Yeah. I know that you, um, had told us too, that your son had seen one. Did he see one in the same area that, that you saw yours? No, his uh, his encounter was well, probably, I think, somewhere around 100 miles south of us, um, according to what he had described. And I don't remember the exact location, but it was probably three to four counties south of us and probably somewhere around 100 miles south of us. Okay. Wow. And that was, that was with him and a friend. Uh, he did come tell me about that later, and I wasn't, I wasn't really shocked. I was like, Oh, cool. I'm glad somebody else has seen this too enough to realize that this really exists, you know? Yeah. yeah. So did you get into it after that? Did you study these things? Uh, have you thought about it through your lifetime? Has it been a big deal to you or is it just like something that just happened and you moved on? No, after, after my encounters, I, I really stated, uh, started taking a, a huge interest. I really probably should say that's an understatement, but I, I, I had a vast interest in the creature and to try to learn more about it. Um, what well, heck I even went as far as drawing a, basically a life size poster about seven, eight feet long of the creature for art class. Um, after that, after those incidents and even, you know, got some people, you know, kind of chuckling at me about it at school because, you know, it was hung up and with other kids uh, projects from art class. But, uh, mm -hmm. I, I really, I really, really deeply became interested in the topic especially because I know that my eyes didn't fool me and I had four separate encounters and it was just intriguing as what as to what this animal or creature was. And there just, it didn't seem to be enough of an explanation out there as to what this creature is or was. Right. Back then there wasn't really. And I remembered my dad, you know, talking about the Patty film, which I had never seen till I was probably, Oh, geez, probably 15, maybe 16 years old in the 80s. Um, mm -hmm. But the first time I come across that, which I think was 
to be honest, I think that was in VHS format. If I remember correctly, it had to have been, but, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I was, I was just in shock and awe when I, the first time I saw the, the, what they were, you know, commonly referred to as the Patty film, the Patterson Gimlin film. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, I about jumped right off the couch. I'm like, Oh my God, that's like almost identical to what I saw. If not 99% of identical to what I saw, you know, but, mm-hmm. uh, there there was not a lot of books, uh, at least not that I had come across. There was not a lot of books or otherwise out there on this topic or subject. And I was always trying to, anytime I come across anything of a magazine that had anything to do with it, uh, anything in a library that I would stumble across or could find on it, I was always, always intrigued by it. And I was always trying to find out more about it. And I would have conversations one-on-one with my dad, uh, who was heavily into it, which I didn't realize as a very young kid, how much he was really into it. But, uh, my dad had a lot of books on it. So I think like even national geographic type stuff, uh, that was in his gun room. He had, uh, plaster casts, uh, other stuff in his, uh, paraphernalia in his gun room that he kept in there. Um, and he would you know like him and I one-on-one, he would talk very openly, very freely about it. Uh, and some of his experiences from his childhood and even up to that point of, you know, out hunting and how everything would go dead quiet. And he, he was really into it. It just wasn't something that I discovered really that much about how much he was into it until later on. Well, that's interesting. You have three generations of Bigfoot encounters, I guess, right? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that's actually what it comes down to. Um, I think my kids, you know, I, I told them, I mentioned it several times. Um, I didn't really go into a lot of detail probably, but I had mentioned it to them a few times growing up and I talked to them about it a little bit and that if you ever see one, you know, don't, don't, uh, approach it, you know, stay back away from it. Maybe leave the area if you can, uh, because I, I don't, I don't know if you can actually trust these things. Some say you can, some say you can't. And I would talk to them a little bit about it, but I didn't. I didn't also would inform them. I didn't want them to be scared to go out hunting. Like I was, you know, at that time, very active with my wife and children with hunting the outdoors and mushrooming and a lot of different things. So I always was forthcoming to let them know that this should not intimidate you or make you have a fear that you won't go out in the woods or participate in hunting or hiking or any other activity outdoors. You know, you had said you had uh, four encounters. I did. I had a total of four encounters as a child uh, back in the 70s that were probably all in a three to six month period. Uh, it was a lot of years ago, so a lot of it's really hard to recall. I don't really sit and dwell on it or think about it too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I did. I had a total of four encounters as, as a child back there at that time, in that time frame, living where we had lived in that old farmhouse. Do you think these things migrate at all? I really, I really do believe that they do, um, or have the potential to migrate. Uh, I think that may be somewhat dictated by what's available for food or otherwise, just like any creature. Um, but then, you know, that's strictly from my personal belief. Do you think there's any kind of paranormal relationship with these things? What you, we've heard people talk about them um, having infrasound and, and other capabilities. What's your thoughts on that? Well, I'm kind of kind of divided on that. I think that that's a possibility, but I don't believe that it's 
um, until you know proven otherwise. I don't believe that it's a hundred percent guaranteed per se. Um, a lot of the homework that I've ever come up with would lead lead to, lead me to believe personally uh, that they were probably here long before man was. I think we tend to believe that too. I kind of think these things are cavemen um, that never came out of the woods that that have cave systems that are really unknown that that they can hide in, go to, travel to, you know, that just we're unaware of. And they've they've been doing what they've done for a really long time. We've kind of encroached on their on their area, and they've probably you know went deeper and deeper and deeper in the woods, and they know what they're doing in there, and they can they can move around and stay hidden, I guess. So mm-hmm. I kind of think it's yeah. half man, half half animal, if you want my opinion. Uh, but I really don't know. Well, I, I I can't say that I can guarantee one way or the other either, and I w- I would have to go along the lines of your thinking with that. Um, it, I've always thought that there was a strong possibility that they came from or before the caveman era um, that just never evolved like we did as human beings. But, I, you know, again, that's my opinion. I can't guarantee that. But I, I try to keep a very open mind about the subject and the possibilities yeah. within, you know. So, And that's that's what everybody has on this subject is just, you know, opinion and theory. Uh, there's no... Con- nobody has concrete proof of anything yet. So, I would also say I believe 100% that, that uh, the government is well aware of them and have been for a lot of years. And that they, there, there's a lot of uh, covering up and otherwise that goes on with it. Oh, um, yes. That's my personal belief. You know, not that I'm going to want to sit and explain exactly why I believe that, but I have my beliefs that would lean that way, per se. Yeah, we do too. Yeah, they definitely cover stuff up. It's for a lot of reasons, I believe. You know, it would change yep. history for one, you know. Uh, <laughs> it would change a lot, for sure. Maybe mess with religion, uh, you know, do a lot of do a lot of things. It would maybe. definitely hurt, uh, hurt the lumber industry because people would be uh, fighting to, you know, not, not tear down their territory. Mm-hmm. You'd have people out there hunting and shooting each other. Thinking that, oh, I thought he was a Bigfoot. He was a tall guy. He was six foot seven, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a, a pretty unique topic. You know, my my grandson is, uh, out of all my grandchildren, my grandson is quite inquisitive. You know, he, he's always asking me questions about it and talking to me about it. And uh, he knows that I'm a believer and a, and a knower. Um, I should state that, too, for the record. In my opinion, that I can't say anybody's going to agree with me. But you go from a believer to a knower, there's a difference. And I know that these things exist because I've witnessed them with my own two eyes. Are you still living in the same area of Michigan that that you grew up in? I'm very, very close to where I grew up from. I'm probably, by the way, the crow flies, probably not more than 10, 12 miles as we speak. Okay. Are you guys hearing any more encounter? encounters going on up that way or have anyone seen anything recently or at all yeah yeah there was an article in the paper a local paper here recently probably you know maybe in the last couple weeks or so um that another trucker quote unquote had saw what he believed was a dog man uh here in this county and probably four or five years ago maybe even longer now it might even been six or seven years ago um, a few of us were sitting around 
chewing the fat, so to speak, and talking about a few things. And um, my son and I were talking, the one that had an encounter experience too. And he said, uh, Daddy, so you ain't going to believe this. And we were talking, he got talking about a piece of property, and I knew exactly where he was talking about. And he, he knew that I knew. I said, well, what's going on with that? Or what's happened, you know, that something happened back there? And he said, yeah, actually, um, I'm going to use a, uh, because I don't have the right to throw the person's name out there, I'll use a, a, a different name, so I'll call the person Tom. Uh, he said, Tommy had a, had a run-in back in the swamp deer hunting. I said, he did. I said, what do you mean a run-in? He says, well, he couldn't really explain it. He didn't really get a good visual on it, but he uh, ran into something that he didn't know to ever exist. And uh, it came very close to him, was making grunting sounds and some other stuff and carrying on. And I mean, I was like, well, how close are you talking? He said, well, I would say probably within 30 to 50 yards. And it was very dense, thick swamp. And I was kind of listening to him and letting him talk. And he said, uh, he came back to what they call camp there. And I knew exactly where he was referring to. And uh, he was telling my son, he said, I'll never go back there and hunt again. He said, there's something back there. And I don't know what it is, but they commonly call it Bigfoot or Sasquatch. And that's the only thing I could figure out that it was. But he said, whatever it was, stunk really bad. It was massive in size. And it was throwing basically a fit from what he could tell and what he could gather about his existence and being in the blind and being back there. And, uh, to my knowledge yet today, uh, he's never went back there again. And that was probably wow. by the way, the crow flies that was up the, way, way up the Creek, um, because it makes several bends. Uh, that would probably, wouldn't have been more than half to three quarters of a mile from where I had my encounters as a kid back in the seventies. Wow. And you said he thought it was a dog man, maybe. No, the one here recently um, that was in the paper was described as a dog man. Oh, okay. But uh, this friend of the family um, said that he believed it was a Bigfoot Sasquatch. And he, he didn't go, want to go into a lot of detail. He was pretty rattled about it. He didn't mm-hmm. didn't really want to talk about it much. But he, he said, I, he, and he, he grew up a, a hunter, you know, um, with his dad and stuff like that, too, which is uh, his dad's probably about five years older than me. And uh, his dad and I also knew each other very, very, very well back in the 70s and all that in the 80s. But uh, he, uh, I guess that was quite a few years back now, but he has never gone back back there in that swamp to hunt again. And he abandoned his blind, whatever was in it, he just left it there, you know. Yeah, we hear that yeah. a lot with hunters that have had encounters. Um, yeah. They never want to go back in the woods. There was a, There was another incident that was really... I wouldn't, I don't know if I want to call it bizarre, but it was kind of came off kind of bizarre. Um, here about two years ago now, um, I have a daughter-in-law that, uh, had contacted me. She had just started her job. It was probably about a year and a half, two years ago. And it was, it was in during firearm deer season. So probably in like 2020. And, um, she was at the gas station in one of the local towns, not too far from here. And uh, she had stopped in her semi, and she was getting a couple things um, during the course of her job. And this guy come walking over to her, and this guy was just shaking like a leaf on a tree on a windy day. He was all rattled and excited and just kind of rattling off and carrying on. And, and she finally gathered herself, and she's like, what's going on here? You know, I, you know I'm kind of trying to make heads, heads or tails of what you're talking about. And the guy's going, 
you ain't going to believe what I saw in the woods today. I'm never going back out there. And those things are real. So she kind of calmed him down, was talking to him, just some stranger out of the blue. And uh, they approached her. And uh, this guy was rattling on about this thing. It was about eight to foot tall. It was covered in hair. He was out there deer hunting. And it kept making circles and passes in his area and, and breaking off limbs and making all kinds of noise and racket. And this guy was scared, beyond scared to the point that he didn't even want to come out of the woods, but he was left with no choice to end up coming out of the woods. But he stayed back there for, I guess this happened about 9 or 10 o'clock in the morning, and he had just come out of the woods, and this was roughly somewhere around 4 p.m. But oh, uh, wow. this guy was this guy was just totally freaked out. And uh, he said this thing was probably about seven, 800 pounds, if not a little, a little bit heavier. It was about 8 to 10 foot tall, covered in hair. He'd never seen anything. In all of his years of being out in the woods, he'd never experienced anything like this. But he's, he's like, I, I definitely know these things are real now from what I saw, and I'll never go back out there again. He was just carrying on and on and on. So. Wow. Yeah, our curiosity when we started this, you know, I would say that I really didn't know a lot about Bigfoot. I, I was interested in it. I really thought yeah. it was cool. I wanted to believe in it. And learn more about it. And the more we've learned, the more confused we've gotten along the way. But at least at this point, I think I can put it in a category and say, again, I think it's a an ancient, um, you know, tribe of of um, animals, creatures that have been around for a long time that that are have capabilities that they can maintain um, hidden and stay away from from mankind. But the dogman thing is got me got me for a loop. I have no clue what that. What yeah. that I don't know where that one's reason for that one is. What What are your thoughts on Dogman, Scott? Me personally, I'm, I'm a little, I don't know, I'm, I'm a little caught off guard with that, and don't really know how to categorize or put that in a box, so to speak. But mm-hmm. um, I, there again, I'm, I consider myself to be open minded to it. But um, I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what to think of that on on any certain level of certainty, um, and how how a, a creature would have a body like a human, you know, get up and down and run or walk on two legs or all four, so to speak, and then have a, a head that would be like that of a wolf or a, a something of that nature. I, I'm not right. sure how to, how to perceive that or how to put that in a box, so to speak. Right. And I think that's how everybody is with dog, man. I, even the ones who really get into research and on my, I don't, I think there's less known about those. In fact, I know there's less known about those than there are Bigfoot or Sasquatch. Yeah. Well, I know that there was a film um, producer that had filmed, uh, made some kind of filming here years back. And I want to say it was a, either in the late 80s or maybe the early 90s, uh, probably the early 90s, that had done some kind of filming up here, made some kind of movie about the dog man in Benzie County which is the mm-hmm. county where I saw and had my sightings, um, the events that took place back in the seventies. But I never really watched a lot of that in its entirety. I, I did watch some clips of it, but uh, there again, I had to kind of put that on pause because it just didn't make a lot of sense to me with the, the creature they were describing and de- de- depicting and showing with that type of head. Now I'm not saying they're a liar. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just, kind of baffled by that overall what they describe and what they depict right yeah they talk about all kinds of things like you know the 
the baboon-looking Bigfoot or the the devil monkey? Uh, is this some kind of crossbreed between the things? Who the hell knows what what's going on out there? Do you think you'd want to see another one? Well, to be honest, I would love to see another one, but there's an issue with that with a lot of people, you know, that I've discussed this with. Some of them are on the same page, some of them aren't. But if I was ever to be in a position to see one, I would definitely want to shoot it, kill it, and be able to say, well, here it is. You can witness it for yourself. And I know I'm going to probably catch a lot of flack about that uh, from certain people. And that's yeah, fine. That's, that, again, again, that's that's just my opinion. I would love to see one again. And if I could see it in a setting also to where I could show other people, like we have to be in a vehicle together or something like that. And I can say, well, right there it is. You just saw it with your own eyes. Now what do you think? But in the event that I was out in the woods or anything of that nature, um, yes, I, if I saw one and had the opportunity, I, I would shoot it and kill it just so I could prove that it exists. Who do you think you'd contact first? If you, if you were able to kill one, get its body or part of its body back somewhere, who would you, who'd you contact? Well, it definitely wouldn't be law enforcement. <laughs> uh, yeah. There again, I'm not, probably going to catch some black to that one, but no, I don't have any trust in law enforcement and that'd be kind of a rabbit hole discussion on its own probably, but and I certainly don't trust the government. And I'll say that first and foremost, I'll say that openly. Uh, there's many cops around here that are well aware of my position with them. But um, I have some people that I would off the radar contact that are very heavily into this subject. They would be my first points of contact before any law enforcement, any agency would ever be contacted. Yeah, you definitely don't want to contact any kind of law enforcement agency. The government's going to come in and swoop that thing up no matter what, most likely. Um or they're going to call you a hoax and say it was fake, you know? Mm-hmm. One of the two. Well, and they're going to try to handcuff me and take my phone or any video surveillance equipment I may have or any proof that I would have documented it. Uh, right. I, I already have a feeling on my opinion on how all that would play out. Um, so there again, I would never involve law enforcement only as a last recourse. Uh, and probably after it's already been well documented um, with other people that are off the radar, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. that's one reason amongst amongst many other than our, our uh, you know Second Amendment right to carry, but that is one reason amongst many that um, I've also carried for many years, even before the CPL became active in uh, 2000, which is 22 years ago, um, or almost 23 years ago now. But um, I've carried for many many years. Uh, I don't go out into the wild or out into the woods or out into the bush in any sense of the form without carrying uh, more often than not, I have at least two pistols on me. It's sometimes two pistols and or a 12 gauge shotgun with slugs over my shoulder. Yeah. I don't blame you. You had mentioned mm-hmm. Benzie County. There's a lot of reports that come around that area up there, Michigan in general with, with Bigfoot and Dogman, but that area seems to be kind of saturated with a lot of, um, a lot of sightings, a lot of encounters. Yeah. That's, that's been my understanding over the years and, all the homework that I have done uh, on the topic um, and uh, a couple other podcasts in the past that I have listened to, uh, things like that. People that I've talked to, people that are into it, into that topic. Uh, Benzie County seems to be quite the hot spot. Not that there's not other spots of Michigan that there's sightings, but Benzie County in general, I found to be 
quite the hotbed for sightings and, and, and encounters and things of that nature. Uh, and, you know, I guess we could go into that and try to figure out why, but I think it has a lot to do with the, what's available for the food sources and, or otherwise that's in that county and the lakes and the streams, that kind of stuff. Yeah, for the people that don't know Michigan very well, um, especially the, the northern lower part is saturated with woods and streams and rivers and, a, like you said, a perfect place for, for something to, to domain there. It, my wife and I actually went snowmobiling up in around Kalkaska. And that wilderness up there is just so dense. People, I don't think people realize how dense the wilderness yeah. in Michigan is. Yeah, from about the middle of the state, up it's very very dense yeah you know once you get once you get from the Kalakaska point you know heading toward the Mackinac Bridge and then when you get into the UP you can get into even worse than what this area is by by a large oh, yeah. margin and mm-hmm. I, I think that there is a grave potential that there are probably quite a few in the UP that would be my own personal opinion of course but yeah, we've heard that the UP has so many like the Gagamane Swamp and up in the Strong's Trout Lake area, um, even west of there, over towards Escanaba, and especially the corridor that kind of, I can't really say it actually divides the UP, but the corridor of M28 that runs east and west, anything especially north of 28, in my opinion, is so dense, so many outlying remote areas, you can get turned around. I've been up there grouse hunting and got turned around, and I'm pretty good with with my wherewithal knowing where I'm at and compass and all that. But I've been up there many times and gotten turned around in the swamps and stuff up there in the dense forest. It is so easy to do and something like that to be there and be uh, an inhabitant of that area. Well, that, I, I could see that really easily myself, but that's just me personally. Yeah. Brandon and I keep talking about this, but come next spring when it gets warmer, early summer him and i are going to take a trip we're going to drive straight up the middle of the state hit the up circle mm-hmm. back come back down through the manistee forest there kind of the area you're in hit some areas uh, maybe take a long weekend and and get out there and see what we can mm-hmm. see yep yeah manistee manistee national forest is is basically all all around me and that's basically where i live right 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 in the manistee national forest yeah you're in a prime area for sure i'm surprised you oh, haven't yeah. seen more but four is a lot so you're lucky, I guess, in that aspect. Well, yeah. Well, I almost feel like I was the chosen one at that point. You know, back then when that happened, and I, I that would be a, I mean, an explanation of its own, probably. But um, maybe right. it was just more comfortable with me that I seemed to be the only kid then that was seeing it. And I'm not really sure why, but um, I, I think I was just the chosen one, more or less. You know. Hmm. Maybe. It sounds like he maybe kind of had an interest in you and, and maybe was watching you and allowed you to see him those times, uh, you know, just seeing what's going on, like you said, uh, curiosity, so to speak. But for whatever reason, he was more curious with you than he was the other kids. So, Yeah, I, and I, you know, I played on that crick a lot as a kid. And I mean, I, there was many of us kids that did. But to be honest, I played on that crick probably more than most kids did at that time. Of the kids that hung out with us, we hung out with them. Uh, all, all hung together, but I spent a lot of time in that creek chasing the fish, and just I loved being on that creek. That was that was the biggest part of my playground, you know. So they were probably right. watching this kind of thing was probably watching you for quite a while, for for maybe a couple of years, and you didn't even know it. I mean, 
that's quite possible. That's quite possible. You know, did you ever get the feeling you were being watched? That that being watched feeling while you were playing around there? No, I never really had the feeling I was being watched. That I recall, there was a couple incidents, other incidents that took place there around that same time frame too. But uh, later on, as an adult, when I was hunting, um, I had a couple instances where everything went dead quiet in the woods. And I had a, just an eerie gut feeling that I was being watched and something was there. Um, I never got a really good visual. The only couple times that I saw a couple things that I believed was a Bigfoot um, was at a, quite a distance. Both of them were probably upwards of 200 yards. But uh, I, I'd had several experiences uh, during uh, uh, several times hunting in my adult life where, you know, things had gone eerily quiet. And uh, I just got this gut-wrenching feeling that I was being watched. And I wasn't always able to place it exactly what what was going on or locate it. Only a couple times did I ever locate it and was off in the distance that I really couldn't get a really good look at it, per se. But uh, mm-hmm. that is an eerie feeling when you do have that happen. That's That's a really hard one to swallow, and it's a really hard one to deal with. Yeah, I've heard. We've heard that, too. Scott, we appreciate you coming on and talking about your encounters and uh, your Bigfoot experiences tonight. I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thank you. Yeah, keep us in mind if you get back out there in the woods and start looking around some more. If you see anything. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Scott, will you take care? We appreciate it, man. Okay, thanks, guys. Have a great night. Thanks, Scott. Take it easy. Yeah, very interesting stuff, man. I like Scott. He's a good guy. He's got a... Yeah. Good yeah, story. To... We'd been talking to him for a little bit off and on. We had heard him on another podcast and wanted to get him on. Uh, I believe his son had an encounter too, so we want to get in touch with him. Hopefully, yeah, we want to try and get him on too. Yeah, yeah. Up there in Michigan, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on up there. A lot of sightings. A lot of time. stuff going on. Not just Bigfoot. There's a bunch of dog man too. Yeah, as we talked in the beginning, maybe we should set that up. Do an excursion. Uh, plan it on. Yeah. See how many people reply on Facebook or social media. Have uh, pick a meeting mm-hmm. place up there, centralized, and uh, do yeah, this spring watching. We'll, we'll try and put something together. Yeah, that'd be fun. You guys, you guys, be on the lookout for that. And uh, also, if you've had an encounter and you want to be on the show, of course, look us up www.cryptidcreatures.net. Uh, you can go on there and sign up, uh, share That's your right. encounter, check out our store. That's right. And if you don't want to be on the podcast, you can always just send it to us and. Uh, if you want us to, we'll post it for you. I'm mean, leave your name off if you want to. Yep. We'd like to hear your stories either way. So Yeah, that's right. All right, my friend. Thanks for hanging out again. Yeah, man, always fun. All right, we'll get out of here. Until next time. Yep, yep. See ya. Bye.